Hey, welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I'm Zook, and I help dads with their health, headspace, habits, and above all, humor to help them in life and business. If you like what you hear, check out my free men's Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash productivity. All right, what up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. I am so happy you made it. Today, I am here with TJ, and he will help you, oh gosh, get your creativity out there and help you show the best version of yourself. Was that a good way of saying it? Yeah, I think that's a great way of saying it, man. I think that's pretty cool, right? To, to just like embrace our authenticity, be more genuine um, by getting in touch with our younger selves. Because I think that that's pretty much what creativity is, right? Is getting in touch with that part of ourself that we've been told that we have to kind of shelve as we get older, as we become, um, as we do the adulting thing. <laughs> sometimes we lose that sense of creativity. Yeah. And, oh gosh, sorry. I can go get off on tangents about that, but um, a lot (laughs) of it is culture-based unfortunately, but there's so many artists and so many different types of creativity out there. So people don't limit yourself. Um, So how did you get started like on this journey for, you know, being a dad and starting working for yourself like that aha moment? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just woke up one day and I was like doing it. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Um, but no, for, seriously, the the way that trajectory went was was I was working for different kinds of organizations. So my background, everybody, just so you know, initially, um, I went to I went to art school um, and got a degree in fine art. And then outside of out after that ended, um, I went into uh, the world of marketing and um, brand design, um, brand strategy. And I was an art director and a creative director for nonprofit organizations um, for about a decade um, before I went back to, well, we'll just say before I went back to school to get my master's degree um, to become a therapist. Um, and I've been a therapist with my own private practice now for about seven years. Um, and I have a few other, other business ventures uh, and projects happening uh, in parallel to that. Um, but the thing that got me going with, um, with working for myself um, was by getting laid off. <laughs> um, so I, I got laid off. And then when we get laid off, right? We do a few things. So first of all, we panic probably, right? Um, And we're also probably, or maybe pissed off. Um, And uh, once we get ourselves together and stop panicking and crying and punching pillows, um, we're faced with with decisions, right? Um, And the big question there is like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Um, and for me, the what am I going to do now question um, was, do I want to do the same thing again or do I want something different? Um, and I chose the I want something different answer. Um, and I didn't want to have the experience of walking into an office again, not like thinking that it was going to be just like a normal Tuesday. Um, and being called into the office to say I'm no longer employed and I can go get my stuff right with no like with no heads up so I decided that I was going to work for myself 
um, and employ all of the creative problem solving skills and entrepreneurial energy uh, that I've always had. Um, but I was kind of forced into it. Well, sometimes I think just the way, you know, we view it, um, you know, God tends to give you a little push sometimes because whether any of you know it or not, like there's so many authors out there. And I heard this last night at a mastermind, like the best stories are literally in the graveyard with the people who've never written them. So like, like the book you've ever want to write, like it's already done. You just need yeah. to work on it. <laughs> I know yeah. that's a really concept to think about, but it's, it's very, very interesting. And, and the fact that, you know, TJ was able to actually notice that he wanted to do this and he simply like started working toward it. I know sometimes it takes a, a pretty big nudge for, for some people, but since he already wanted to get there and he already knew where he was going, he just, I don't know. I, so, so you looked at the layoff as, as a new opportunity? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely did. I have a, so um, tomorrow, well, I don't know like how your, how your schedule goes. Uh, in terms of in terms of dropping this podcast, but when we're talking, as we're talking right now tomorrow, um, there is a book that is going to be uh, dropping uh, on Amazon. Uh, it's called Invisible No More: Stepping into the Spotlight. It's a multi-author book. Um, I'm one of the authors uh, with a chapter in that book. I'm bringing this up right now because uh, what I want to say is uh, like directly connected to the chapter that I wrote. Um, about um, my sense of always being kind of like the second kind of, or like the first officer on an airplane, right? I was never the captain. I was always the first officer, right? I had a friend, my best friend growing up, um, and I, you know, we met each other uh, like, oh gosh, end of elementary school or something. Um, and we were like this duo that was always kind of like, you know, coming up with crazy things, being given too much. We grew up in the church. So like they saw promise in us in terms of our like leadership ability. And so they gave us too much, uh, too much, I guess, um, they trusted us a little bit too much. So we got ourselves in trouble uh, doing different things. We had little businesses, some of them real, some of them not real. But my friend was always kind of like um, the mastermind of everything. And I was kind of like the mouthpiece. Uh, in the chapter of the book uh, that is coming out, um, I kind of liken us to Pinky and the Brain, if you remember that, um, that cartoon from the 90s. Um, with the two lab mice, right? And there's brain, the brain who's like, you know, the like one who has all the mastermind ideas and like trying to take over the world. And then there's Pinky who kind of like he sends out to like kind of do it, but Pinky always screws up. I never really screwed up, but I kind of played like the Pinky role, right? Where my friend would tell me, all right, this is what we're going to do. Now you got to go do it. Cause he was shy. He didn't have the voice. Uh, and I was always the voice and who wasn't shy. And so we had this kind of thing going on forever. And even through college um, and the jobs that we had in organ the job that we had during college, and then we moved together to the next organization. And so he and I were always together. I never really had the opportunity to like truly um, express myself or kind of have autonomy, even though like he would probably say, you know, what are you talking about, dude? Like you're not making any sense. My experience was like, I was always living in his shadow, which may or may not be actually true, but that was my experience. Right. And at the time of my layoff, um, from the organization that we were working for at the time, 
right? It was my opportunity. To, it was like the first time ever that I was going to be doing something or that I had the opportunity to do something without him. Um, and like, I had to, I had to take it. It was really scary for some reason, right? Cause we were always together since we were like nine. Um, and then all of a sudden we were like 26 or something. No, I don't know. We were older <laughs> and, and we had the first opportunity to, uh, not work together. Um, and I went in a completely different direction than I was going. Um, and he's still doing his thing and doing really well. Um, he actually just moved to Manhattan to like, you know, that was always his dream. Um, and you know, we're both entrepreneurial still, um, but we're doing it on our own now, which, um, has really been good for me. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that you were mentioning, um, about, you know, God giving us pushes, um, and, uh, when I was about to start my private practice, uh, my own private practice. I was working for um, another guy who had a private practice. So he, you know, I was an associate under him um, and he was awesome. But I was like, you know, talking to him, I was like, Hey, Josh, you know, what, you know, I'm really scared. I have a, I have a real fear of like not having enough money. Um, money has always been kind of a thing for me. Um, even now, like, I hate look, thinking about money. Um, I hate the small business reality of, uh, paying taxes for my business, right? Like it's a big number. Um, and so like every time my accountant talks to me, like I have a panic attack, <laughs> uh, it's like just crazy, even though it's not bad news, but anyway, I was talking to Josh and I was saying like, Hey man, like, I'm really afraid of like, you know, what if I don't have enough clients? What if this happens? What if that happens? Um, and he's a Christian, uh, Josh is as well. And, you know, he said to me, you know, like, I totally get it, you know, but you got to trust. And, um, he told me this story about one time when he was starting his practice, um, you know, God showed up in like some really kind of crazy ways you know, there would be just like uh, checks like at his at his house, like um, for groceries and stuff like that when there were tight times. And I think for a lot of us who have families, who have kids or um, who are just trying to make it by, um, especially if we're trying to do our own thing for work, right? Work for ourselves. Um, we at some point just have to take the leap and trust that uh, we're going to be okay, right? That that will be provided for. Um, maybe it's not going to be a direct line. Um, when I was starting the private practice, um, I went back to uh, Starbucks again. So there were different periods in my life where I worked for Starbucks multiple times to fill gaps and to close gaps. Um, but I think also we have to do what it takes to, um, to provide for a family. Um, but we, we also have to trust that things will work out. Okay. If we're open to uh, being flexible. Dang. All that was so well said. Like I, I took a few notes on the side, but for one, um, my opportunity, you know, you must be open-minded, not just every other day, not every other month, 
but every day be open-minded because you honestly never know what's going to happen. Um, the second one is fear can be crippling, but there's a lot of power in faith and whether your faith is in God or the faith that you have, like that, I mean, it's believe in the, it's faith is believe belief in the unseen. So mm -hmm. you, you have to kind of just, just really, really envision your business actually being a living and breathing thing, like as if it's already happening and you're living it. Um, yeah. And eventually your brain will start or your mind will start keep, like keeping track with that and keeping up with it. And it'll start implementing those small movements for you to get there. hundred percent. Right. And it's so wild. And then um, TJ also said, um, don't be afraid to back. Well, I'm phrasing it differently, but don't be afraid to backtrack where he yeah. had to go get like a, a, a job barista um, yeah. at, at Starbucks. And that to me, like my head would explode. Like I, I can, I can make like one coffee. That's it. And it's like no cream, no sugar, just coffee. So anything outside See, of that it, is right? amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so gosh, everybody, I hope you're taking notes. Um, Starbucks, Starbucks or jobs like it. Um, I'm not a paid representative of Starbucks. I will just speak from my experience. Starbucks or jobs like Starbucks when you're in a position like I was in is amazing because what um, well, first of all, um, I'm an extrovert for the most part. And so like, I just like the energy and like interacting with everybody and it was fun. Um, and also, you know, I, I wasn't in the role of therapist, so I could just like be a normal human being and like interact with them in a real way. And well, a different kind of real way than I do when I'm in the therapy chair, but anyway, it also was very like time limited. So like I worked, um, like I know, I know you work uh, overnights or third shift. I worked early morning at Starbucks. So like open shift, opening up at like, you know, 5.30 or six in the morning. And then I would do my shift until like 11 o'clock uh, in the morning. And then I was done so that I could go see clients or I could do some marketing or networking and stuff. And that was what was really awesome about that, um, that, type, of, that type of work to like give me some extra money uh, supply where there was a gap. Um, I was doing something different, a little bit of a different texture than like the rest of my day. So it broke up my day. Um, and then I was done so that I could focus on, you know, building my business uh, or doing any of the other things I needed to get done. So jobs like that, where, you know, you're not, um, it's not requiring too much of your creative energy um, or your generative energy, um, is really helpful for people who, um, are really busy trying to start their own thing. Oh, and speaking of starting your own thing. So when was it, um, throughout, let's see, um, cause I'm sure like it was your majors, um, throughout college, um, all our art and, uh, creativity related. Um, and then you went back to, become a therapist um mm -hmm. when did you want to fall back into the art and everything like like what's that trigger i guess trigger is not a good word um to a therapist so sorry um okay but, but, but i hate what's using it as a therapist too oh <laughs> perfect um so, so what is that that one thing where you had this aha moment and you realized how much that can help people and yeah yeah well so i never really lost the lost that the creative connection to my art. So I've always been doing it. Um, so initially, let's see. So the two things that have saved my life multiple times, like hands down 
have been making art, uh, engaging in creative practices and therapy. Um, so they have been like the underpinnings or the foundation uh, from which I've been able to grow. And so that's why I choose to put so much time or so much of my life and my energy into those two things still today uh, and to encourage other people to uh, em embrace uh, both of those things. I think everybody should go to therapy um, and I think everybody should uh, be willing to uh, embrace or engage their creativity because number one, human beings are created uh, to as creative beings. Um, that's it. Like everything around us has been made by a human being because of their creativity, whether it's that creativity in the arts and, uh, you know, all of the different components that make up the art world or the sciences. Science is an art as well as a science. Um, and it requires a lot of creativity to be that, you know, there's so much that we say is not a creative endeavor that is. Um, and if we kind of resign ourselves to the fact that we're not creative, um, that's gonna be a killer. Um, secondly, therapy, super important to get to know yourself. I'm not talking about like, you know, uh, different kinds of therapies that people go to uh, or engage in when they have a very specific issue. Um, those things are really, those therapies are really important. Um, but I'm talking about the type of therapy that is self-investigatory, right? So, you know, something that's really going to allow you to go deep into yourself so that you can know who you are better um, and have better relationships because of that. Um, and so I believe that that is important. So for me, um, I'm going long here and I'm not answering your question, but the answer to your question is when I was in, um, when I was in college, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder and I was also diagnosed with an eating disorder. So um, I, was, I was anorexic for a long time. Um, and that stuff still kind of comes up for me when I'm feeling insecure or when I'm feeling out of control. Um, it's, it kind of likes to kind of get churned up, but it was through therapy and through making art uh, at art school that kind of pulled me, pulled me through all of that. And I think that that's where I decided that, you know, I needed to devote my time uh, and give back um, as a practitioner um, now, since I was helped so much by practitioners of the arts and therapy, um, early on. Golly, those are, I, I, I just got like a couple really big bombs too, out of that. Like, um, your identity isn't in your circumstances. Um, so we're all going to go through tough times, regardless of who you are. Um, as long as you're a human being and here on this earth, it'll happen. So there's so much power in community and influence and either you or somebody else can be the influence like in your life. Yeah. Um, but first things first is it takes you to make that difference. And God gave all of us a voice to create a movement. It can either be a good movement or a bad one. Um, yeah. And then um, devote your time by giving back. That is freaking huge. And that is um, so underestimated. You don't have to move mountains. All you have to do is take a, a little step in the right direction. Maybe say hi to somebody every once in a while. 
it's yeah. ridiculous. If you were just to do that and, you know, and then when TJ was talking about working at Starbucks, I would do that. I would do that at Starbucks, like the barista. I would just say, Hey, how's your day? And some of those people would literally open up to you because they're so stressed <laughs> out. Most of the time, like I would come across college students who work there <laughs> and they will yeah. pour their life story out to you. So yeah. it's really cool. Like how just asking a simple question can mean so much to somebody and literally change the course of their life potentially, but you can yeah. also build a connection in a relationship. So, so with what you do outside of your, um, uh, I was going to say counseling, uh, therapy, um, how, how does it help your clients, um, there? Cause, cause, cause they're different clients. Like you teach them the art, artistic form of therapy. So my stuff. So if you're a therapy client of mine, we're doing, um, we're doing talk therapy. Um, so I don't necessarily employ or bring in um, artistic or creative practices into the therapy room necessarily. Um, typically, a lot of my clients for therapy are artists, um, and some of the stuff that they are running up against, um, it would be probably not as helpful to make them engage in in their artwork um, or some kind of creative practice in therapy. Um, so I do stuff differently. However, I do bring in I do bring in I bring in writing, I bring in drawing, I bring in uh, other modes of creative expression uh, when it would be appropriate. Um, but for the most part, you know, therapy with me is a relationship. Um, people come to me um, with really hard life experiences and relationships uh, that are broken or that are um, at least well, fractured and broken is the same thing. Um, they come to me with fractured relationships, if not completely busted up relationships, um, because they either didn't have a good experience in childhood. And so uh, they got their path kind of got really rocky and windy. And now as adults, they're having some difficulty or, you know, something just happened along the way that caused, um, caused something to happen uh, to the relationship. So when they come to therapy for me, they need to learn how to have relationships uh, better. And um, we, we do that in therapy. Uh, I challenge them. I hold them accountable. Um, I provide um, a, a model of what a parent should have been uh, to them. Um, I, I show up every week. I'm consistent. So that's a lot of what therapy is about, kind of uh, securing, uh, securing our uh, attachment. Uh, making things feel a little more secure so that we can go back out into the world and trust that they will be secure there too. Um, with my artists in the coaching side of the world, um, I teach them uh, how to show up more authentically, uh, more genuinely, um, so that you know they can increase their revenue, <laughs> um, so that they can increase their sales of their artwork. Um, and I do that by helping them uh, design a personal brand that works for them. So again, understanding who they are, uh, understanding how they want to present, uh, telling their story in a way that people uh, want to engage in and know. Um, and then I help them 
uh, design a killer portfolio, right? So we go from designing a personal brand to designing a portfolio that expresses that brand. And then we go to, you know, how do we sell our work? So it's a similar kind of, uh, kind of thing that I'm doing. Uh, you can see through lines there, um, but they are very different um, between my coaching business and my therapy business. One is very clinical. One is about healing our uh, heart, mind, and soul. And then the coaching is about um, how are we presenting to the world in a business sense. Oh, that's awesome. And um, for the for the coaching aspect of it, like um, when you're the end, um, we're almost done uh, with this one episode, unfortunately. Um, but okay. no, I would love for you to give them like one piece of advice um, mm-hmm. that you've learned, like a life lesson. And then two, how they can contact you, not if, but when they realize that when. they need your coaching. <laughs> like, sure. Because I mean, you do some amazing stuff and I've seen it like on your website. So it's, oh, okay. it's really cool stuff, guys. Yeah. So one piece of advice that I would give to everybody is um, the idea of taking imperfect action. Um, I am somebody who um, used to have a hard, hard time um, just like making making decisions and uh, like putting stuff out there. Once I got over that, once I learned how to get over that hump and realize that things often go a lot better and I grow a lot more if I put things out when they're not quite perfect, because by the way, nothing is ever perfect. Um, things opened up for me. So if you have an idea or if you have um, a product that you're just about like that you have, but it's like, Oh, it could be a little bit better. Or if you have, I don't know, something else, um, test it out, put it out there, get reaction, um, you know, make some moves and don't be afraid to fall on your butt. When you fall on your butt, I know this is a cliche, right? That failure is just opportunity or, uh, something like that. Um, I know that that is like, Oh God, roll your eyes at it. Um, but it's true, right? If you fall on your butt, that's an opportunity to get up and try it again differently or to see, you know, what went wrong so that you can go back and tweak it. So don't hold on to your ideas, put your ideas out there because if you don't ever put your ideas out there, you're not going to know whether or not it's going to fly and you're not going to know what it's going to take to make it fly. Um, so imperfect action, don't sit on your hands um, and don't be afraid to like have something not work the first time. Um, the way that you can reach me is through probably my website, tjwalshcoaching.com. Um, or if you're in Pennsylvania and you're looking for therapy, I'm licensed in Pennsylvania, um, tjwalshtherapy.com. Um, but if you want coaching, uh, around uh, like being an entrepreneur, uh, making making steps and strides in that regard, or you're an artist looking to improve your art business in general or specifically, um, tjwashcoaching.com uh, would, be, would be the way to reach me. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. And I will put all that um, contact information in the show notes, um, fellas, so you can reach out to him. Well, alrighty, guys. Um, Till next time, hope you have a good evening, noon, and night. See ya.